Life with chronic pain often leaves you with a deep sense of grief through the loss of limb or the loss of life you once had. Having to relearn as you navigate the world around you while adapting to the changes you are left to deal with often with little to no guidance. In this episode, we'll delve into the key components of grief as it relates to the chronic pain experience. Join us as we explore the interconnections and commonalities between the two as we offer insights and tools to inspire those who are doing their very best to navigate the crossroads of chronic pain and grief. Grief is the normal and natural response to loss, and loss comes in many forms such as loss of mobility, loss of control, loss of identity, loss of purpose, loss of meaningful relationships, loss of safety, and the loss of the life they once knew. On top of that, financial losses, employment and career losses, and worst of all, loss of hope. Welcome to the Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Chopolis, chronic pain coach and educator at Pain to Possibilities and the Change Pain Academy. In today's episode, I am joined by Joanne Boyce as we discuss the many aspects of grief as it relates to life with pain. Joanne has dedicated her life to uplifting others through her expertise in psychology, coaching, and a compassionate support. As an adjunct psychology professor and a certified life and grief coach, she possesses a profound understanding of human emotions and a unique ability to empower individuals to navigate life's challenges with grace and resilience. Joanne assists individuals in developing effective coping mechanisms and healing strategies. Drawing upon her vast knowledge and personal experiences, she guides her clients through the complex terrain of grief, loss, and life transitions. Joanne's unwavering support and gentle guidance provides solace and clarity during times of confusion and pain, helping her clients find the strength to embrace life anew. Thank you so much, Joanne, for being here. There's just so much to talk about. I think we might be here for a few hours. <laughs> right? We could go for a few hours. Thank you well, so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Honestly, I couldn't connect it with a better person for this topic, and I'm so glad that Facebook sort of put us together. So thank yes. you for being here. All right. So for our listeners and for those who may not necessarily know what grief is, which I would be surprised if they didn't, but let's start with the obvious. What is grief? Grief is really our natural response to loss. You know, it's one of those things that I think most people identify with the loss of a person, mm -hmm. which obviously, yes, that is, we experience grief when we lose a loved one. But I, I don't believe people really identify it as just a loss, a big loss. It could be a divorce. Mm -hmm. It could be the loss of a job. Mm -hmm. It could be the loss of a home. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be, of course, the loss of the life that you once had because you're living with a debilitating illness, uh, pain, so you're, you've lost the life you once had, and then you have to learn to rebuild your life mm -hmm. with all the changes that have come about. Right. So you've got some key points in there, which I'm hoping we're going to tap into. And that's the relearn process, as well as it is a natural process. And this is something that we have, and maybe we'll get into it as perhaps a protective mechanism. I'm not sure, but let's just dive into this one. I understand there are a few different models or stages of grief. Not that we have to talk necessarily about what models are, but what 
components do you feel like are the most sort of important layers of grief? Probably the best or well, most well-known model of grief includes five stages. And those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. We know that there's more involved with grief than just these five stages, but it's the most widely known one. So I'll touch just a little bit on each stage, if you like. So you brought up our natural defense mechanism. That would be denial. Mm -hmm. Whenever we are faced with something that is just too overwhelming to handle at that very moment, we will go into the denial stage. This is a very natural coping mechanism. It actually comes back from Sigmund Freud when he talked about our defense mechanisms. And we do this. It's our brain's way of protecting us from accepting the reality of our situation. It gives us that time that we need. So you might be in shock. You might experience numbness. You might experience just this isn't happening to me. This can't be my life. Mm -hmm. So that would be the denial stage. The anger stage is where you've kind of gone through the whole denial and reality has hit you and you're angry. Mm -hmm. How could this happen to me? You may lash out at others. You may be angry with yourself. You may be angry with the higher spirit. Mm -hmm. All of that could be involved. Mm -hmm. The bargaining stage is more of a kind of a what if mm -hmm. stage, you know, what if I had done this differently? What if I had done that differently? Um, if only this could happen, then I can get my life back. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of bargaining. You might even bargain with a higher power uh, to try and deal with it. So you don't have, this isn't happening. Still kind of, this isn't happening to me. Mm -hmm. Depression stage, a lot of people view depression as something negative, but this is actually a very, well, all of these stages are very common for the grief process. It Depression is when we have the sadness. We may have difficulty functioning in our everyday life. We may not even want to get out of bed on some days. We might just kind of isolate ourselves, cut ourselves off from friends, from family, push people away from us mm -hmm. as we are working through the pain. And then acceptance, the final stage. A lot of people confuse the idea of acceptance mm -hmm. with being, okay, you're over it now. Yeah. That's not what acceptance is. Acceptance is where you accept that this you now have a major life change and you've learned the coping skills to work through it. And you've been able to move forward, not forget, mm -hmm. just move forward and rebuild your life from where you are now. Okay, there is so much to unpack here, because there's so much overlap between the chronic pain experience, chronic illness experience, and the grief process. So thank you for breaking that down. I think it's really important for everyone to know that it is, it's a, it's a process, obviously. And before we get into the process itself, do you feel like unresolved grief can rear its ugly head? Like, is it possible to sort of be stuck in the muck simply because we've not addressed grief as we could? Absolutely. Yeah. So there is different forms of grief and you can get stuck 
in a prolonged state of grief, mm-hmm. which is why it is important to learn the skills mm-hmm. to work through your grief journey. I do want to point out, going back to the stages for just a sec, mm-hmm. we they're not linear. We don't go from stage one to stage two to stage three. We might have a really good day and feel like we are doing fantastic. And then the next day, something will trigger us and we'll be right back at stage one or stage two. We can experience stages at the same time. So it's not a you go one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. It just unfortunately does not work that way. Right. And that's also very uh, common with the chronic pain experience where there are going to be good days, there are going to be bad days. So it's definitely that ebb and flow. So thank you for clarifying that. So there's a lot of common ground between grief and chronic pain. We know that grief and pain is going to be unique for everyone. And also very much like pain, grief and its processes are multifaceted. So it's not just about the brain necessarily. It's got sort of a multi-system approach, doesn't it? So in today's podcast, we're going to be focusing on how grief affects our emotional, our cognitive, our functionality, and our behaviors. So first off, what is most important for our listeners to know about these four things? So how does grief affect our emotions, our cognitive abilities, uh, how we function, and how we behave in certain situations? You are absolutely correct that grief affects us so much more than emotionally. Mm-hmm. We psychologists, I believe, at one point even thought it pretty much just centered around emotions. We now know that it affects our entire overall well-being. It affects us emotionally, socially, cognitively, culturally, mm-hmm. spiritually, and physically. Yes. We can experience so many different sy- symptoms. We have trouble concentrating. We might have memory loss. We can have a whirlwind of emotions, experience sadness, anger. We can have trouble with relationships. We can have, of course, stress, anxiety, trouble eating, um, trouble sleeping, loss, or even gain of weight. It really, truly affects our entire well-being. And that, again, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners just nodding their heads saying, oh, well, that's that's the lived experience for chronic pain and chronic illness. So, yes. And that's part of the reason why we're addressing this today, because I think it's really important for us to understand that addressing grief is a very important tool in the chronic pain toolbox. Uh, because, uh, and also to understand that there are many different things in the process, but that means that there are many things that we can do ourselves or with the help of a therapist to walk you through this process. So we talked a little bit about the emotions. You brought up some great ones. The one thing that really stuck out for me was the word resignation. We know that the emotional feelings are typically, you know, helplessness or sadness or fear or guilt or anxiety, but the resignation Can we talk a little bit about how people might feel like this is the way my life is going to be for forever? So are you referring to people just becoming resigned to the fact that this is their new normal? Yes. It's important that people realize that if they are dealing with all of the overwhelming emotions um, associated with grief from chronic pain and so on, that this does not have to be your new normal. There are things that you can do. You can learn coping skills. You can learn some cognitive behavioral um, techniques. You can, there are things you can do. Mm -hmm. 
that you can go on and live a very fulfilled life. You can find joy and you can find happiness. It's not going to be the same life as before, but if that's, I mean, that's okay. You can go on and still live a happy, fulfilled life. Yes. And that's exactly the message we want everyone to hear (laughs) through this podcast. So thank you for, for answering that. Now, one of the words that I find our community can find a little challenging, whether it be something that pushes the buttons or is offers a little confusion is just sort of behavioral. So when we talk about how grief perhaps impacts our behavior, can you give us some examples? And I think you already did, but just to expand upon it a little bit, how does grief change our behaviors? A lot of times when we're going through grief, we in many ways, make it a very solitary journey. We don't reach out to others. In fact, we more kind of push them away from us. Again, the anger that we might be feeling can cause issues within the relationship. People may not understand why we might lash out for no reason. They may not understand why we constantly tell them no to going to events or we don't feel like going to dinner. Uh, there's so many different things that it can just, our behaviors change because we're hurting. Right. Right. Okay. Well said. And part of the reason I want to elaborate on that is because when it comes to uh, working through improving your lived situation with chronic pain or grief, very much the same is we can change our behaviors because pain has changed our behavior. So, you know, just because we are experiencing those behavior shifts as they are, doesn't mean we're going to be stuck with them forever. We can consciously work towards shifting those behaviors to improve our situation. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. So we've talked a lot about how there are different components of grief. Um, And it's quite easy when you live with chronic pain or chronic illness to get into a state of overwhelm, knowing, okay, so there's obviously a lot of things I can do. But where do I start? Where would you recommend that your clients or anyone who lives with grief would really begin? The first place I recommend is, of course, you need to learn the coping skills. Mm. And the very first one I personally start with with my clients is to handle that feeling of overwhelm, the stress and the anxiety. So I would first start out with um, techniques such as breathing techniques, relaxation techniques, meditation and mindfulness are some of my favorites. Journaling, I'm a big fan of too. Good, which is smart because once we start to practice that uh, on the pain side, just sort of the physiological side, if we can calm that nervous system down, then a lot of the other things can then start to unfold a little more gracefully. There is also a certain amount of reluctance that we experience inside the chronic pain community, um, and not because of necessarily anything they've done or haven't done, but When you are coming across someone who is stuck in the muck and they come to a point of being aware, right? Okay, maybe there is some unresolved grief that I need to work through, but they're a little reluctant. How do you gently nudge that person forward? First off, I want to allow my clients to understand that they don't need to choose to live this way. Mm -hmm. It really is a choice. You can choose to do nothing and as we talked about earlier, just become resigned that this is your new normal. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to learn the tools 
that make it possible to live a life fulfilled and find that joy and that happiness in everyday activities. If someone is completely reluctant to even consider that they might be experiencing grief or prolonged grief, first off, I would probably go back to what are all the symptoms of grief? And there are so many symptoms of grief. Mm. We talked about how it affects our entire well-being mm. and just let them go through the list and acknowledge, am I feeling this or that or this or that? And then they can start working on those specific areas. Right. Okay. No, that's amazing. All right. You mentioned already about the whole cognitive behavioral uh, therapy approach, which is definitely something we lean into within the chronic pain improvement as well. The other one that we love is the acceptance and commitment therapy um, approach. Now, acceptance is, again, and you touched on it before, one of those potentially hot button words because people are like, you want me to accept this? You know, and that is, but it's also such an important part of the improvement pie, right? So let's talk a little bit more about it. How important up front is self-acceptance? You know, that's sort of, accepting who you are or the situation that you are in, how important that is that in working through grief? Well, if you're going back to the model, it's technically the last stage, mm -hmm. but acceptance is very important. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to understand that that doesn't mean you're not still grieving the loss of what you had before. That's okay. The the goal is to get to the point that you accept where you are today, and that is your acceptance of it, and then focus on those skills that you learn to have a happier life, a new life. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to grieve what happened before, mm -hmm. your loss of your normal life, your loss of being able to get up and go and do whatever you want to do. Yes, you're going to grieve that, but it's not going to cause that immense, overwhelming pain and all the other symptoms that go along with it. Once you accept it, you have now learned how to live your new normal. Right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, so very important. So we also know as humans, we have this natural negative bias. What sort of things do you see with your clients? when they've been in working through the grief process, when it comes to words they might be saying to themselves that might not be so helpful? Well, you mentioned cognitive behavioral techniques and I use those. And basically it's learning to reframe your thoughts. So I have a lot of different you know, worksheets and techniques that I just basically get people to identify when they have a negative thought and look at ways that they can reframe that. Our mind is very powerful. Mm. And if we continue to think negatively, we'll feel negative. If we can learn to reframe those thoughts, then we're also going to be more positive about life in general. And that makes us happier. Right. And feel less pain. It is so connected. And I don't know that our population realizes that as much. That's part of the reason why this discussion is so important, because all the work you're doing with grief will also then help to mitigate or manage the pain just that much better. So um, can you give me an example of a reframe that you typically see? Because I really want, because it's, it's one thing for us to talk about, you know, reframing your thoughts, but 
it would be great for our listeners just to have one great example of a reframe. Well, the one that I hear most often, and I even experienced myself when I was going through major grief, is I can't do this. Mm. I can't handle this. I can't deal with this. And so you want to take that statement and then turn it around. I'm a fan of positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. So create an affirmation to reframe that thought. You are strong. You can do anything you put your mind to. And there's many, many different affirmations you can use to reframe that. Okay, good. And the affirmations piece, I'm glad you brought that into the conversation because I think the community hears that, but may not necessarily understand the power it has. So yes, it is not only helping to tap into the emotional side, but physiologically, it's going to also have its positive impact. So, you know, we're talking about both sides of the coin, the sort of the biological side or the physiological side, but also the emotional side or psychological side. So both aspects will impact pain and apparently the grief process as well. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah. So again, so, so, so tied in together. I just want to just kind of hang out a little bit in the whole unresolved grief state. So for those of your people who you work with, who may have been sort of stuck for a while, um, can you show examples of how that might show up in the body? So when someone has been stuck in grief for a while, Mm -hmm. typically it's going to show up in the body in many different ways. Mm -hmm. It can lead to sleep disorders. Mm -hmm. It can lead to a constant state of stress. Mm -hmm. Our nervous system, when we're feeling stressed out, we go into the fight or flight mode. And that is just how we are designed. It's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. So our body will just automatically go into that fight or flight mode. When we stay in that fight or flight mode for an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. that level of stress is going to cause digestive issues. It can lead to heart issues. It can lower our immune system. I think I mentioned sleep issues. It really, truly affects us our whole well-being. Right. Perfect. Exactly the segue I was hoping for, because yes, same thing with chronic pain. Um, It is a multi-system approach. So yes, uh, immune function, digestive, sleep disorders, mood disorders, like the list goes on and on and on. So if we can at least address grief throughout the chronic pain recovery process, then we are checking off one of those really important boxes because it is always going to be both, right? It's always going to have the emotional. It's always going to have the physical. We cannot separate the two. For our listeners here today, they might be thinking, all right, well, what can I do to at least get started? We talked about the first thing for people to do is sort of understand and break down the overwhelm. So first step is they're building awareness around maybe maybe I am still struggling with grief. Maybe I didn't realize it. So awareness is important. Then you touched on starting to you know, learn what the process is, and then to start breaking down the overwhelm. Uh, and it's just one little step at a time. Beyond those things, what is one or two things people can do at home? You mentioned the breathing process. You mentioned some of the taking care of yourself, like um, calming the system down. What other techniques might we give our listeners today? 
Well, the first thing is to take care of yourself. Make sure that you are doing your best to get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. We often think that we only need five, six hours of sleep. People may brag that they only need five or six hours of sleep. That's not true. All the studies show that we need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Mm-hmm. Try to eat a healthy diet. Try to get some form of exercise in if you can, whatever your body is capable of doing. Try to get in at least maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day of just quieting your mind, doing deep breathing exercises, journaling. I'm a huge fan of practicing gratitude. I do morning gratitude. Uh, journal where each morning I just pick out a few things that I'm grateful for. I just keep it in my journal that truly can uplift your spirit and start you off on a better day. So there's many things we can do just to get started. If our listeners are interested in doing some writing just to help them through the grief process, I would believe that and I fall into this category often that perfectionism category where, you know, we don't start because we're worried we're not going to do a good enough job of it. But I probably guess you would say, and I would also agree that you just need to start, right? Is there anything as far as the writing process goes that you might be able to guide our listeners through just to get started? If you're just starting out with writing and journaling, there's so many different easy techniques to get you going. First thing don't censor yourself. Just get it out. Just set a timer for five minutes and just write whatever comes to your mind. You can always throw it away. It doesn't matter. You can destroy it, whatever you want. You can write a letter to your pain and ball it up and burn it, whatever you want to do. You could try a bullet list. A bullet journal is very, very common. Or just the gratitude, even if you just come down to, I got a good night's sleep last night. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for my child. I'm thankful for my son is out today. Whatever. I'm thankful for my coffee. That's my morning gratitude. Come up with something. Just get it down. And once you get into the practice of doing it every day, it becomes a practice. It's starting a new habit. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. I got a little off topic there. So thank you for bearing with me. We're going to get a little sciencey now. For our listeners, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, we do talk a little bit about the science of pain. And one of the important components of the science of pain is this concept of neuroplasticity. And really what it means is it is what gets us into certain behaviors or certain patterns. It's also what can help to get us out of there. So what I mean by that is neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change. Okay. So knowing that our brain is able to change, to adapt, to shift, um, how does neuroplasticity play a role in the grief process for individuals with chronic pain? It definitely plays a role. As you mentioned, neuroplasticity is when our brain will rewire itself and adapt to what is going on around us. Anytime you learn something, your brain is adapting to that. You're rewiring the brain. And so when you're constantly doing something over and over and over, then your brain creates a new neural pathway for that new thing that you've learned. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to grief, 
what happens is because we are so stressed out, we're so overwhelmed, the brain is going to kind of shut down some of those other neural pathways in order to put us in survival mode. Right. Again, it kind of comes to that fight or flight. When we go into fight or flight, our body will shut down certain, like our digestive system, it'll increase our heart rate, things like that. Your brain and your body are all wired together to protect you and go in survival mode when you need to. Right. Unfortunately, with plasticity, if this continues for a period of time, then you then build this new neural pathway to deal with the stress, Mm -hmm. it can lead to problems with memory, issues with decision-making, your attention span, or even the ability to process information. Right. And processing pain. So well said. Good job. And I, you know, if if anything is taken from this podcast, this is the important nugget here is that, um, again, grief and pain are so much alike. When we do something enough, like you touched on, and I'm just kind of weaving in the pain piece here, is that we get really good at it. And it's the same thing with life with pain. We get really good at being in pain, at wincing at the pain, at focusing only on the pain, at talking only about the pain. You know, and we lose those abilities that we used to have around joy, finding joy, finding meaning, finding purpose, you know. So the tough news is, is that the brain is sending us in a certain direction, but we can bring that back, right? We can do certain things to help unwind that process and create new, healthier pathways. Well, I'd also like to point out that even people that don't live with chronic pain that are going through grief, they also feel physical pain. That is one of the symptoms of grief. So when you combine the two together, it can exacerbate the whole pain. Well said. Yes, absolutely. So for those who are unsure of how the brain and the body work together, that's one of the best examples, right? Especially when it comes to grief. And so part of the challenge with living with grief, illness, pain, doesn't matter, all of the above, uh, is the support that we have around us. So for friends or family members or coworkers who may not necessarily understand the process of pain or illness or grief, what would you say to the loved ones to really help support those who are working through this process? That is actually one of the difficult things that my clients deal with as well, is well-meaning friends and family may say things that diminish what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So, or not necessarily validate what we're feeling. And so we don't feel validated that our emotions, our pain, our our thinking is real. Um, So I would strongly suggest that loved ones really just listen, support, avoid making statements that would make the person going through it feel like they're not validated. You can always look for ways to help engage them in activities that will also help to reduce the pain and the stress. And again, unfortunately, a lot of times when you're going through grief, you're dealing with the pain, the chronic pain and all of that. It does affect relationships. Mm -hmm. So if others could understand 
that maybe that anger and that lashing out is coming from a place of pain and hurt and not directed at them personally, that would be helpful too. Well said, well said. And then just to flip it for those who are working through the grief process themselves, is there any words that help them to be able to set the boundaries or describe to others what it is they're going through? Really just be open. If you need some time alone, then say, please, I need some time alone. Mm -hmm. If you are feeling a certain way that day, be honest, be open. But make sure it's with people that it's it's a safe zone for you. You don't need to explain to everybody how you're feeling if it's not if it doesn't feel safe right. and you don't feel validated. So I strongly encourage people to build a healthy support system okay. that is crucial to work through grief, pain, anything along those lines. Um, you know, listening to your podcast, joining a group, anything like that, where people understand. Right. Absolutely. And that's part of our mission here at Pain to Possibilities is trying to spread the message because we do unfortunately live in a society that doesn't fully understand, right? Anything invisible. And that includes grief. So yes, it does, doesn't it? Okay. So before we go, is there any last thing that you wanted to say or something I may have missed that might be important for our listeners to hear before we go? Most importantly is to know that if you are willing to face that you might be experiencing grief, learn the skills to work through it. You can be happier. You can live a fulfilled life. You can find joy in everyday things. And you, you don't have to choose to live that way. Right. And if I can just expand and pull in the chronic pain thing again, it really doesn't mean we are ridding ourselves of the pain because that is a fight that is not worth living. We can still live well despite the pain. That is really the ultimate goal. Uh, and grief is very much a part of that. And so thank you so much. Before we go, I would love for people to know how they can reach out to connect with you if they wish to do so. You can find me on Instagram at Vibrant Mind, Body, and Soul. And then I'm also on Facebook. I have a grief group on Facebook and I am also just now starting a new group, Vibrant Mind, Body and Soul, as of today, where we will be going through a lot of the different just healthy mindset activities. Um, I'll be launching a 30 day gratitude challenge for the new group. So, yeah, message me. I'd be happy to help answer any questions. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate hanging out with you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We could talk about this all day. Good. Oh, boy. Uh, Podcast number two, maybe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, thank you again. Thanks so much for listening in. But before you go, I want to be sure to tell you about a very special online space that's exclusively for our chronic pain warriors. We have created a safe, inclusive space in which to learn about pain, cultivate new skills and strategies to help you on your path to improving your lived experience with pain. It's a space to learn from professionals and chronic pain warriors alike with curated content, coaching and mentorship. And it's all based on the new science of pain. To learn more about the Change Pain Academy, 
go to paintopossibilities.com. That's pain number two, possibilities.com. And as always, thanks so much for being here. Thank you.